a 15 bedroom home is no big deal or a 10 bedroom home is an average home and down on the Outer Banks. But it took generations of, you know, of vacation rentals to figure that out. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast, the show about buying, optimizing, and managing short-term rentals in the state of Michigan. Get insights and recommendations from vacation rental operators to help take your property to the next level. Are you ready to profit from your short-term rental? Let's get started. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast. My name is Tony Stancato here with my co-host Jordan Painter. What's up, man? Man, you got a big, big event coming this weekend. What's going on? Oh yeah, big birthday party, dude. Let's go. Yeah. That's 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 the event. Yeah, twins are turning seven years old. So just got a couple of last-minute RSVPs. Starting to question, you know, if there's enough room for that many people, but should be good should be good nothing nothing like 18 kids running around screaming and you know in uh 2500 square feet yeah i'm so. super bummed we're gonna miss it i really i was gonna try to rearrange stuff but we got literally every one of my kids is gonna be in a different different part of the state or country over the weekend so we're gonna be all scrambling in different directions so different part of the country. Yeah, yeah. My son uh, is in a lacrosse tournament in California. My daughter's going to a Young Life camp up northern Michigan, and then my my mom and dad are rescuing me and taking my my daughter because I got a busy week this week. So they're gonna help while my wife is away with my son. So, scaring me, man. Our kids are just starting to get into sports. I was thinking like sports would kind of go into Indiana, maybe Ohio, but you know, going to California that's a whole nother ball game, dude. I'm gonna have to you know, ramp up some, some income to get to participate in that kind of stuff. Yeah. We always swore up and down. We weren't going to get into the crazy travel stuff, but my son got, got asked to play on the national team and it's hard to, hard to say no. So he's, yeah, that's uh, awesome. yeah he's excited. So helping him follow his dreams and realize the, the benefits of hard work and just getting after it. And he's working hard. So proud of him. Absolutely. Well, today we have a awesome interview with Brooke Fouts from Vintory. Has his hands in a lot of different stuff in the vacation rental industry, but his main thing right now is Vintory. Also, just came out with a another tool for homeowners called Comparant. Think that's going to be huge in the industry. Again, just a great way to kind of filter and sort and find the best property managers in your area. So super excited for that. But I mean, he just brought tons of value, uh, especially from like growing your inventory standpoint, uh, just shed a lot of gold nuggets. What was one of the biggest things that kind of stood out to you on this podcast? Well, I just love the, just the concept. I mean, it sounds obvious, but if you have no inventory, you have no business. And how do you go about doing that? And he gave seven different things that you can do. And this really, the, the marketing side of things translates to any business. You could take, you could take what, he, what he outlined and use that to build just by any business there is. So listen for those seven nuggets. You're going to love them. I'm going to go back. I got to go back myself and re-listen to it and take some notes and definitely put some, some things into practice that he was coaching on. Really good stuff. Yeah, we technically, so our goal is to grow our property management business to 30 properties that do 100,000 in revenue. And so we basically acted as if it was kind of a coaching call on the, the second half of it and just said, hey, this is our goal. 
this is where we've kind of pivoted in the past. What do you think about that? But with our new goal being 30 properties that do 100K in revenue, if you were our coach, what, how would you kind of direct us? What would the strategy be? So again, just dropped a, a ton of value on here. So I, I think you'll really enjoy it. And, but that being said, we are looking, we do have some spots left for some property management clients that do 100,000 in revenue plus. If uh, your property happens to fit the bill for that, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can email Tony at book, the letter N, gather.com and start the conversation there or find us on LinkedIn. Um, our profiles are in the show notes, so make sure you check it out there. But without further ado, let's uh, jump into today's podcast episode with Brooke Feltz. Brooke, thanks for joining the podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. So we have Brooke Fouts here, author of Vacation Rental Secrets. That's his latest book. Also, from zero to 500 properties in five years. He started a vacation rental property management company, grew it to over 500 homes, currently has a company called Vintory, which helps vacation rental managers scale their inventory. And then I also seen that recently you came out with Comparant, which looks like a valuable resource. And that's basically helps people find and compare property managers in the, the industry. Yeah. So would you want to maybe just take us back to the beginning where it started? It said you had like an idea on a napkin, kind of what <laughs> led up to that idea. And then what was on that napkin? What'd you do yeah. before you put that idea on the napkin? Yeah. So we'll appreciate it again. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, I actually, I was a corporate finance major in college and Got into mortgage banking right out of college. Ended up starting a mortgage banking firm and then thought that was going to be my career. I uh, did that for about uh, eight years or so. And then 2007 hit and, uh, you know, really wiped out all mortgage banking. You know, we went from closing 350 million in loans a year to like virtually like nothing. I mean, just it, the market ceased up completely. So uh, I was in a group called YPO, Young Presidents Organization. A uh, gentleman that was in my forum group, which is kind of like my board of advisors, came to me and said, Hey, Brooke. I'm reading the same headlines you're reading, you know, the mortgage business isn't getting any better. He's like, I've had this idea for five years to start a vacation rental company. I just, I don't have the bandwidth to do it. You know, I don't have the time to do it. He's like, I like you. I trust you. He's like, I want you to start this vacation rental company for me. And I said, Brad, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like I'm in mortgage banking. Like, I don't know anything about short-term rentals other than the fact I stayed in, you know, one a bunch of times. And I don't the market we wanted to launch was Ocean City, Maryland. And uh, I don't even live in Ocean City. He's like, Brooke, you're an entrepreneur. You'll, you'll figure it out. And we were literally at uh, Legal Seafoods in downtown Baltimore. And we, he wrote on the back of kind of that, that menu, uh, if you will, kind of the idea for it. And that was where it was launched. And, you know, a couple months later, we launched Bandage Resort Realty in Ocean City, Maryland. So every, every Monday I drive down to Ocean City and just kind of talk to anybody that was stupid enough to listen to me. Kind of the running joke was we didn't have an office. And I couldn't get anybody to meet with me. So I had to like set up shop at a Roos Chris uh, steakhouse and just set appointments like back to back to back. And I had to bribe them with good wine and good steaks just to get them to meet with me. But, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple of years, we ended up growing that company pretty fast and um, grew to about 500 properties under management and then ended up exiting that business in 2013. So, yeah, that's how that's how I kind of got into the wonderful world of uh, short term rentals. 
That's awesome. When you when you first started that process, how did you go about finding those owners to interview and even just getting them aside from the steak and wine? How'd you get in front of them? <laughs> well, just to be clear, the, those interviews and those meetings were more of like just employees and just people in the industry, and and like because I knew nothing. You know, again, coming from banking to to vacation rentals is a complete pivot. So it was really more just the uh, team members and and you know things like that. So. Yeah, I mean, look, one of the things I, look, I, I'm not very smart in a lot of areas, but one area I think I'm pretty good at is kind of sales and marketing. And I've really built this sales and marketing machine with my mortgage company. So really what I did is I ended up kind of replicating that marketing machine for short-term rentals. And I realized that without inventory, without properties, you don't have a business. Like that is where it all starts. It's almost like having a grocery store without having any, you know, anything on your shelves. You don't have a business really. So. I realized that the number one most important factor was inventory. And luckily this new little website popped up called VRBO at the time, and I'm dating myself as a pre Airbnb. And I was able to get tons of guests and tons of reservations. So, you know, the competition I was going against, I was going against this company called Caldwell Banker had been in business for 40 years. They'd rolled up like five different companies. They had like 4,000 properties under management and they had a history of 40 years of guests to go back to. Like I didn't have that luxury. So, I found uh, Verbo and I put, or at the time, I guess it was called VRBO and even pre HomeAway, and put my properties on there that we ended up getting under management and I was able to book them like crazy. So that really did help kind of help me launch. But anyways, long-winded answer of getting to, we ended up really just taking everything I learned from the mortgage days of, you know, of marketing and our biggest marketing at the time was really direct mail. So we were sending, I mean, thousands and thousands of postcards every single week and letters and it just it worked and all those learning lessons from you know from the mortgage days paralleled over and you know more of my com competitors were lobbying like they would launch one postcard per year and that was their marketing to get new homeowners i was sending thousands and thousands every single week 365 days a year really so that that was really going heavily because i realized that that lever of inventory was the most important lever you could pull now you said sales and marketing is kind of sounds like maybe your superpower right i would imagine going from zero to 500 properties in five six years you know is a very heavy operations sided part of things did you have like a, a second in command someone that was really good on the operations side or do you just happen to be uh gifted in both sales and marketing uh, as well as operations I am horrendous at operations and SOPs and procedures and things like that. I always said if I had a really good, really strong like GM or a, a really good COO, kind of like, so currently at Ventory, I've got a gentleman named Randy Bonds, who's our, our GM and our COO. If I would have had a Randy, we, I, I still think I'd still be operating that business today. We'd probably have over 10,000 properties under management, but I didn't have that. And that's why the proverbial wheels were falling off the bus. So I was the sales and growth guy. And I had a team, don't get me wrong, you know, and they yep. were doing a job, but I just didn't, I didn't know about complementary skill sets. I didn't know about really like some of these psychometric personality assessment tools you can use to kind of get that complementary skill sets or else we would have probably been in a much better place. But it was, excuse my French, it was a shit show. I mean, we were growing like crazy with not a lot of systems and processes in place. And look, I did have a good team again, that really helped me. So I don't want to discount that, yeah. but I probably just didn't have that perfect profile I was looking for to kind of put all those things in place, all those systems in place. Gotcha. So what were some of the biggest struggles you encountered growing that fast? I mean, sounds like it's probably on the operations side. Like what, what were you losing sleep yeah. over uh, throughout those five to six years? 
I should probably take out the book and the Vacation Rental Secrets because that's all it is. Is if you haven't read the book yet, Vacation Rental Secrets, it's all about taking the top ten. There it is. I love it. It's all about taking your top ten mistakes that you've made. You know, and that we interviewed 52 of the top leaders within the space, but some of mine were really just taking on the wrong inventory out of the gates, like taking on inventory just to take on inventory. I had such aggressive goals every year to grow that I kind of discounted, you know, the, that the right properties. I also realized that, you know, we were, you know, if you know anything about Ocean City, Maryland, it's a nine mile sandbar with about 20,000 condos on it. And what we realized a couple of years in was, we would have been much better if we just really focused on four or five of the top buildings. And that's exactly what we did. We, uh, but it took a couple of years to realize that. And then um, a couple of other mistakes we made was, let's see, we, we, we would take the inventory we would take on. We didn't do a, a good enough job of like doing a thorough walkthrough in advance, like to make sure the property was in tip top shape, make sure everything was ready to go. We were putting guests in some of these properties that, I mean, some of these properties had never been rented before and it was like somebody's second home. You know what I mean? And there was stuff everywhere. Yeah. Really didn't do a good enough job kind of vetting it. And I've got a whole other slew of uh, mistakes that I made, but I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah. Well, we just came off Thanksgiving and I can just say even 15 to 20 doors, you know, you get enough guest communication and that kind of stuff. So I can only imagine, you know, not having it completely dialed in and you have 500 all of a sudden like, Thanksgiving, everybody, everything's booked up and just stuff rolling in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you've seen some properties that have produced incredible results over, over that time. You know, what do you think the, the big differentiators are for those properties that bring in an incredible amount of revenue on a yearly basis? Yeah. So, well, so after I sold Vantage, I ended up going down to Orlando. So I commuted to Orlando via Southwest uh, Airlines for five years. So I ended up going down there. And what got me down there was really exciting opportunity. Uh, a gentleman named Steve Trover had a company uh, called All Star Vacation Homes, which at the time was probably one of the premier brands out there. He also had uh, built a, a sister company called Purpose Built Vacation Homes, which was uh, then branded as Full House. But uh, purpose-built vacation homes absolutely blew my mind away. And the, the whole thesis behind purpose-built was, you know, if you look at most vacation rentals, they were somebody's primary residence or they were somebody's secondary residence. And they were designed not necessarily to be a short-term rental. You know, if you think about hotels, ho hotels are designed from the ground up to be the most per performing properties out there, not only from the asset holder, you know, but also from the guest perspective. And what Steve and the team was doing with Purpose Build is they were buying, they were building homes and designing homes from kind of taking 20 years of knowledge on what worked and what didn't work and building these incredible homes. And one of the number one factors, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, we called up kind of our, our core fundamentals of Purpose Build, but the biggest thing was higher bed counts. I mean, realistically, it's just people love to travel with extended family. And in most markets, there is not enough inventory that has those covers those high end or higher bed count homes. So outer banks, like this is a normal thing, you know, a, a 15 bedroom home is no big deal or a 10 bedroom home is an average home and down on the outer banks, but it took generations of, you know, of vacation rentals to figure that out. Orlando, when they built the first eight bedroom uh, house down there, they, everyone thought they were crazy, but that first house did over $500,000 in advanced bookings in the first 12 months. And it was just wow. because there was just no inventory out there. There's large bed count homes. So there's a whole bunch of other factors, but high bed count homes, I mean, and you can look in almost any market, 
the highest bed count homes are usually the best performing ones, not only just from a you know top line number, of course, which is you know intuitive, but if you look at even like you know rev rev par or rev pan and things like that, those those numbers are um, are considerably higher for this high bed count homes just because it's supply and demand. So if I were building a home right now and designing a home, I'd go high bed count uh, for sure just because of that uh, lack of supply that's out there. But I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things I could talk about with purpose built. I mean, there's equal bed to bath ratio is critically important. You also want to do theming, theming bedrooms out. We did really, obviously we were down in Orlando. So there's a lot of themes based around, you know, Disney and and the Harry Potter and things like that. But you can, you can theme other bedrooms in other markets as well. Having really good outdoor space, taking advantage of that outdoor space, and uh, you know building in amenities like home theaters and game rooms and things like that just making that property stand out you know just were a couple of them which again it seems like table stakes now a lot of people are doing this but you know a decade ago this was nobody was doing this and we had one full time we had one guy on our team all he did was build custom beds you know kind of bunk beds you know he was building like the star wars themed beds and harry potter themed beds and secret rooms that go into like game rooms and things like that which was just incredible and those properties you know did unbelievably well yeah that's awesome so steve we actually had the opportunity to talk to steve a couple weeks ago very interesting gentleman um curious you 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 know it sounds like he maybe had some impact on you but do you have a mentor any other mentors that you can name that or mention that had an impact on your your journey and what were the you know maybe a couple big points that that change your perspective and be successful God, I mean, there, that, I could probably do an entire show on just the mentors, people that helped me along the way. But obviously, Steve, you know, I, I learned probably more about short-term rentals and design from him, Steve Trover. He just really was passionate about it. He had so much data, so many studies, so many uh, interviews on just what guests were looking for and, and how properties were performing. So that would probably be a great one. And just obviously, Steve did a great job as far as just hiring. And, you know, obviously talks a lot about that with the predictive index and the psychometric personality assessment tools. Gosh, I mean, I, I could go on and on. Gary Jigo, guy, he was a senior exec at Microsoft, did a small seed loan with us in the early days. And just, you know, he's a marketing genius. He just talks about like constant pressure on the market, you know, meaning from a marketing perspective and just follow the data, you know, 100%. Uh, those would probably be the, the, the top two that come, you know, top of mind. That's awesome. Let's talk about Comparant a little bit. That that looks like it's relatively new. Did that come out maybe in the last 90 days or so? I think I just yeah. started seeing you promote it. Yeah, yeah. So first off, I've had this idea for probably close to a decade, but it just never really, just the timing of it was never there. And we also didn't have the data. But the, the idea behind Comparant is if you're a vacational homeowner, there isn't any website out there that allows you to shop and compare professional managers. If you're a vacation rental manager, there isn't any website out there that becomes almost like a channel, almost like the OTAs, like a, an Airbnb and Verbo to get more homeowner leads. And if you think about it, we have, I would argue, the largest database of vacation rental homeowners on the planet. Uh, I think we have like 10.8 million records in our database. And I can talk for hours about just how much, you know, where we get all that data and everything else. But, but we also have a database of over 5,000 professional vacation rental managers, and we have lots of data behind them. So we have their reviews from Airbnb or the reviews from Verbo, Google My Business. We have all their metrics from Airbnb and Verbo. So the problem with, you know, this is a marketplace website. The problem with marketplace websites is it's kind of a little bit of a chicken and egg. You know, you have to have the, the you, you've got to have one side of the transaction there first before you can start trying to try drive traffic there. 
So the good news is, again, out of the gates, we have over 5,000 professional vacation rental managers and all the data behind them. So now it's just a matter of then driving the homeowner traffic to that website. And again, we've been doing this, you know, with inventory, we have, you know, we've helped over 700 companies, you know, you know, add, help add inventory. So we have that database, we know it works, we know it doesn't work. And it, it works and it, we do a great job with it, but it's a lot of freaking work. I mean, you're do, it's like hand to hand combat, you know, it's like running 700 campaigns for all these different management companies. It'd be much, it's much more efficient to get all that database to get that, that, that 10.8 million, you know, absentee records or the 2.2 million, uh, you know, known short-term rentals, drive all that traffic to Comparant, and then from there, let it go directly to the professional uh, manager and let the homeowner decide. So we just think it's a much more efficient model. Um, and we think we can get kind of our CAC, our cost per acquisition, customer acquisition cost much lower for our customers, for our partners, these be the professional vacation managers and provide a really good resource for you know, for these homeowners. And I think what this does though, is it levels the playing field. And I'll give you a perfect example. We've got a partner, he literally signed up, he went to one of our, my boot camps at VRMA a year ago, and he had one property, his own personal property. His name's Steven. He was a, a, a pilot in the Air Force, and he ended up wanting to get into short-term rentals. So he ended up uh, going through our boot camp, and he ended up growing to about 51, 52 properties in the last 12 months. And if you look at his reviews, he has 4.9 stars on Airbnb, 4.9 stars on Verbo. He's got 4.9 stars on Google My Business, but nobody's ever heard of this kid. You know what I mean? And he does a great job. I mean, if you look at his metrics versus the competitors, he's crushing them in, in uh, ADR and occupancy and all these other things. But again, he's been around for a year. So what I feel is what Comparant will do is again, level that playing field. It's gonna it's gonna let you know Steven and, and Myrtle Beach destinations shine to the top over some of these old, you know, some of these larger venture back companies that have a strong brand, but maybe they're not doing such a great job. You know, maybe some of these large venture back companies, if you look at some of the reviews, 3.9 stars, 3.6 stars, you know what I mean? But people are going to them because they've got this marketing machine. And you know, I, I, I wanted, I just thought about making the logo for comparing a big spotlight. Cause I think that's exactly what it's doing. It's helped shining a light in these dark areas of the, of the industry. And, and look, there's gonna be a lot of people that are upset with me you know, what we've created, but look, all I'm doing is shining a light on your metrics, on your numbers. Don't be mad at me just because I'm, you've got the poor metrics, but I think it does elevate the entire industry. And I think it makes, makes, makes the best companies stand out on top. So if, if a manager wanted to be uh, on your platform, what does that look like? Yeah. So well, first off, out of the gates, again, we've got over 5,000 companies on there, but we are looking for people to verify their listings, or if it's not on there for one reason or another, go ahead and claim, create a new profile, 100% for free. We will always have a free version where you can list your company and you can start gathering homeowner reviews. We will always be doing that for free. Now, eventually we're gonna try to monetize this. I'm, I'm a big capitalist, I believe in capitalism and I wanna make money. This is, a not, this is not a not-for-profit you know, business, but we will always have a version where you can do for free. We'll, and we'll probably end up monetizing it by having like premier listings or maybe give you the ability to kind of like do a little slide deck or you know, maybe embed a video or something like that in there, or maybe even like prioritize rankings, but you can rank, you know, this, the default rating ranking will probably be by, by sponsors, but you can always rank by, by scores and, and reviews and things like that if you want to. But yeah, somebody can, anybody can go on to comparant.com, claim your free listing or just set up a new listing for free. Yeah. I was on there browsing, browsing around a couple things, transparency. I mean, it just seemed like a very 
transparent. I think you guys really hit the nail on the head and knocked it out of the park, at least from like a homeowner's perspective, right? Hey, I'm going in there. I think a homeowner, one of the things I got to deal with and which I noticed was like, people were disclosing their fees and you know everything that they they charge and maybe not all of them do right they got to go in and put that information down but as a homeowner i feel like man i'm gonna have to go through like five calls to figure out what all these fees are right and it's just gonna be like a sales pitch the entire time but you go to this platform you can browse through it you can see you know like i said i i found some companies that were disclosing their fees and and all that stuff which is it's awesome right and then Again, kind of like what you mentioned, I, I think it's just going to elevate the industry in general because um, it, it levels the playing field, but then it's also like, hey, you don't have to be in the industry for, for 40 years to really show that you have what it takes to, to be at the top. And, you know, again, you can filter it and kind of see who's the best in your area to uh, pick the best. Yeah, I mean, if you think historically, if you look at just in general, like the sales cycle and sales process you know it, it, you, like if you look at the car industry you know you used to when you wanted to buy a car you go to you drive around you go hit all the dealerships you look at all the different models you go for a test drive and then you would kind of compare them back to back and then you know the car dealer obviously didn't ever want you to leave you know but you would then go through this process you know now it's like most people are doing a lot of the research online they're looking at all the reviews they're watching all the videos and then they're walking or they're even emailing, you know, there's a whole internet division, you know, and then they say, look, I want this model. This is what I'm willing to pay. It's like that sales cycle has been, much of the process has been done in advance. And the same thing here, I think with what Comparant will do. So traditionally what you had to do, you know, if you wanted to interview different property managers, vacation rental managers, is you had to like, just you go into Google, you searched them, you found five or six different companies. You had to call each one of them. And here's the thing, most management companies don't have the bandwidth to do this. I know because I was I was in your shoes. We actually secret shopped 100 vacation rental management companies. We inquired about property management services. They only pick up the phone 34% of the time. So that means two thirds of the time you can't even get through. Then we left a message and they only called us back 57% of the time, which means the vast majority of these leads are going untouched. So it's like, it reminds me of that quote from Woody Allen. It's like 80% of success is just showing up. It's like, if you just pick up the phone, and speak to somebody, you're 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 much further ahead than than your competitors. So here, though, what will end up happening is you'll do all the research online. You know, you can figure out who's got the best reviews. You can narrow it down to two to three different companies, maybe, and then you can interview them, and then you can narrow it down. And my long-term vision with Comparent is you actually have a like a little AI sales chat bot that has their management agreement and, and that it's ingested. It has all the FAQs. It has all their data. And then you're literally just interacting with this AI sales chat bot. And then maybe you narrow it down to two companies. And at that point, then you're interviewing those management companies, but it's done all that work for, for the homeowner. And they don't have to worry about doing all that. Cause again, it's transparency. It's we're, we're just, we're shining a light on all that information. And look, the, the three of us can probably figure this out, you know, cause we've been in this industry long enough. We, we get it, but the average homeowner doesn't have this, the kind of the knowledge base that we have to go out there and, and figure out who's good and who's bad. So that's, you know, that's what Comparant's all for, all about. And I, I really do believe this becomes the number one channel that homeowners use to shop and compare for professional management. And conversely, I think this becomes the number one channel that vacation rental managers use to get new leads. If you want to get new homeowner leads in your rental program. Absolutely. I think you guys did a great job. So nice work on that. And I think it's still MVP really though. 
it is it is early. I just want to make it very clear. There's Reed Hoffman says if you're not embarrassed by your uh, your MVP, your minimal viable product, you release too late. So it, it, look, we're, we want to get it in the hands of the consumers. We want to get it in the hands of the property managers and we want to get feedback. We want to make it better. We want to iterate. And that's the only way you can get better is by getting in the hands. So I think it's actually pretty damn good. So I would actually argue maybe we did release too late because I think it's, it's in a good spot out of the gates. Nice, nice work. All right, let's transition into talking about growing inventory. So just a little background on us. Initially, we thought we were going to want to manage a lot of properties, right? 100 plus properties. And the more we got into it, the more we realized that, hey, kind of goes back to what you had talked about, right? The right inventory. So our new goal is 30 properties that do 100K plus per year. What is your thoughts on that shift in direction? going from call it a hundred properties that'll do 40,000 in rent a year to 30 properties that will do a hundred thousand plus in rent per year. No, I look, it's brilliant. It took me probably three years till I finally realized that work smarter, not harder. You, you know, it, it was, I was so focused on the number of inventory that I really lost sight on the big picture and that was making money. <laughs> And you know, we, we, we had a lot of properties, but they, a lot of those properties weren't doing well. So I think it's a brilliant idea. Focus on like, my father's an entrepreneur. He always talked about, he's like, Brooke, riches and niches. Like what's your niche? Be the best in the planet at one thing. So if you can have the niche of like uh, making it up, but it's high end luxury homes, like do that. Or if your niche is, you know, only waterfront, oceanfront or lakefront homes, focus on that or high bed count. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a brilliant strategy. And again, it took me a couple of years to finally realize that. So I think well done to you guys got it on my more the earlier end of this. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, something to think that we kind of have thought through is we really want to be able to create just an amazing experience for our guests and for the owners. And you get to three, four, 500 properties and it's almost impossible to deliver that experience and, you know, tune in on, on every single detail on the listings and maximizing the, the, the potential for each one. It's really hard once you get past a certain point. So we kind of also for us feel like we can maintain our standard of excellence, you know, by, by scaling down instead of, of up. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and we've just realized that, I mean, it's not, it just because it gets five times more revenue doesn't mean it's five times more effort. Right. And, and sometimes it can almost be the exact opposite. Like sometimes the lower end properties, you know, you're just not getting, you know, the best guess and you know that they're paying a hundred bucks a night, but their expectations are like 700 bucks a night, you know? And then yeah, just operations doesn't change all that much. So I agree. Yeah. I found some of the, probably our higher end properties were actually the least headaches, you know, out there for sure. And it's just a lot of it comes down to the properties are in good condition. They're newer. And typically, you know, you're not going to have, you're going to have less uh, mistakes out there. So I, I 100% agree. Awesome. Well, knowing that our goal is 30 properties that do 100 plus K a year, open to, to pretty much anywhere in the United States, preferably in Michigan. What would you, if you were coaching us on how to hit this target, what would that strategy look like? Yeah. So I, Look, I know there's a lot of people that are successful in this, but it's just not my style. I would I would focus on one market to, out of the gates. And once you kind of master that and you kind of have depleted, you have the the market share of, of that market, then I, then and only then would I think about going to another market. It's really hard 
to chase a whole bunch of different properties in a lot of different markets. That's just my personal opinion. I know, like I said, I've been proven wrong. There's a lot of people that are very successful at it, but that just wasn't the style we did. I mean, when I first started Vantage, you know, we, I, I didn't even have the number one market share in our market of Ocean City. And I was already like thinking about going up in New Jersey. I started going to New Jersey and Virginia and, and North Carolina. And I, to me, that was one of the mistakes I made. So I would just really own one market, get be the best in the in that market. And then you can start thinking about going into those other markets. And you probably don't even need to. I guarantee you there's probably 30 homes in you know, the lakes of Michigan or wherever you want to be that you can probably hit those those numbers. Jason Sprinkle, a brilliant gentleman uh, that I've uh, called a friend. He's a uh, CEO of uh, Key Data Dashboards. Uh, he also founded a company called 360 Blue, which was probably the preeminent brand down in kind of the 30A uh, panhandle of Florida. He always said one of his things was build a brand that looks slightly better than you actually are. And I thought that was interesting. He's like, you know, just they always had the best marketing material, the best, their website looked really good. That's the beauty of vacational businesses now. You don't need to have a really an office, but you, your, your office can be your website. But invest in your website to make it the content look really good, to make the pictures look really good. And again, you know, there was a gentleman that told me one time, he said that he was really, he was actually in real estate. But when he first started in real estate, he, you know, he ended up taking on like these homes, but he only took on like homes that were doing like $5 million or $10 million type properties. And he did them actually for free. And that was to kind of build his brand. And it was much easier to go top down than it was to go bottom up, if you will. And so what he did is he started with a really high end. So maybe get a couple marquee properties if you can to get those as your showcase homes. And then uh, you can kind of build your brand around those homes versus just, you know, taking on lower ends because you're kind of your brand is only as good as kind of your weakest property. So how do you, you know, how do you want to build that brand and make sure you have really good, good, good inventory. But yeah, I think those would be the things I would start with. It was really just stick with one market and again, build a brand that is uh, slightly better than you really are. That's, that's great advice. And then, so Vintory is actually something that could do, that could help us do just that, right? Could help us target those, those properties and market. What, what would that kind of look like if we were to join uh, Vintory and, and sign up for, for that? Yeah. So, so Vintory again, just is a, is a couple different things. The, the first is it's data. Uh, it all starts with data. 50% of all your marketing just comes down to the list you're going after. So we, I, I would, again, argue we have the largest database of vacation rental homeowners on the planet. We get that data from multiple sources. We have direct APIs at all the county courthouses. So we're getting like absentee records. Uh, absentee records are where the mailing address and the property address are different. We then go out and we're scraping OTAs. So we're scraping Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com to get known short-term rentals. We go out and get vacational permit list. So if your city, county, or township requires a vacational permit, guess what? There's a list out there you can get. You just got to know how to ask and get it. We overlay all that data together, then we kind of append it to get like and dedupe it to get emails and phones. When you have emails and phones, you get social profiles. So again, getting a really robust database is really where it all starts. That's the foundation. I would much rather be really efficient in my marketing than spraying it to every single homeowner when you know maybe only 10% of that is actually your, your ICP, your ideal customer profile. The next thing we do is we, we, we sit down kind of with a marketing strategist and we go over and we say, hey, what do you want to do? What are your goals? Like what differentiates you? And we build out what's called the seven key messaging building blocks. And these seven key messaging building blocks are really critical of like, you know, it's all the messaging you do for any owner or any owner marketing. So it could be your landing page on your website. 
It could be postcards. It could be your owner presentation. It doesn't, you know, whatever it happens to be. And I'll go over these pretty briefly, but the first is it starts with USP. So what is your unique selling proposition? What is the one thing that sets you apart, makes you different than everybody else? So, you know, a couple, we've been lucky the last three years, the Vacation Rental Manager of the Year have all been Venturi partners. So we had Lance and Elaine Stitcher with, with Seaside down in Chincoteague and Ocean City, Maryland. They were, so they could use that as our USP, Vacation Rental Manager of the Year. Not too many other people can say that other than Ginger and Hunter with Beach Ball Properties, which is again, is another inventory partner. And then Angie and Mike Leone with Coconut Condos and, and, and Maui. And then the next one on the seven key messaging building blocks is features and benefits. What are those key features and benefits that set you apart? What are those things that you do that you want to highlight? So it could be, you know, maybe your dynamic pricing, maybe it's your white glove, triple inspections. You know, you get the idea. Uh, up next is trust icons. So trust icons would be like, if you're an Airbnb super host, if you're a Verbo premier partner, if you're A plus rating on the Better Business Bureau, you know, 4.9 stars on Google, my business, something like that. Hopefully eventually comparant, kind of a comparant top uh, property manager listing. Social proof is like testimonials, compelling offer. I, also known as like a mafia offer, like, you know, make them an offer they can't refuse. Like, what is that one thing? And my acid test for a good compelling offer is they're standing over a trash can and they're going through the direct mail and they just get, and they, they just get like your postcard. What is it that when they see your postcard, like, you know, sets it apart, they want to put it aside. So it could be one guy, my friend, Sean, he says he only charges a commission if they get a five stars, you know, which I thought was in incredible. Another one could be like, you know, 0% commission for the first six months or reduced commission for the first year, or we guarantee we'll beat your, your, their previous company by $5,000 or, you know, something like that. And then CTA call to action and then risk reversals. So risk reversals reduce friction in that buying process. Be very similar kind of that compelling offer. So those would be the seven key messaging building blocks. And then what we do is we lay out your marketing campaigns for the next 12 months. So it's usually a combination of email, cold email outreach, which is very different and very unique than just like, we're not sending like, you know, constant contact or MailChimp type of uh, emails. Uh, this is designed to convert on in cold. And then also we build out your direct mail because direct mail works. It's one of the few industries that still does work. And then we could also talk about some digital marketing and then building out referrals. And then, you know, that's really the start of it from there. And then at that point, we've got some software and some tools that really make it easy to kind of nurture those leads through the process. That's awesome. So one thing, I mean, that sounds like, I mean, if go back and re-listen to that, that's just pure gold on just, how to, you know, again, dial in your brand and the messaging and, and all that is, is pure gold. So what we did was we went and kind of just found our hunt. We built a, our dream 100 list. Love it. Is a dream 100 probably not big enough to get 30, 30 properties, right? What, what do you think the dream 300, what would you recommend on that? Yeah, so first of all, I love that idea. I mean, we did the same concept when I was down in Orlando and I think it wasn't even a dream 100, it was like a dream 10. And we just, we knew everything about those properties. We knew everything about the owners. I mean, we would send them like gifts, you know, I mean, like, you know, we'd actually spend the money on sending them stuff. We, but I, so I love that idea. Yeah. I mean, realistically, you're probably not going to get, you know, more than maybe five or 10 of those, you know, so you probably do want to broaden kind of your TAM, your total addressable market a little bit bigger just to make sure you kind of hit your goals. But that's a, that's a great start, you know what I mean? And go after them and just be relentless. That is the number one thing. So we, we did, I did a presentation at VRMA, I was talking about like the, the six lessons learned helping over 600 companies. 
it's ironic because we just surpassed 700 companies, but it shows you, I mean, that was only a couple months ago. But one of the things we talked about in that the six lessons learned was they were consistent in their marketing. They never stopped. So just pick those, those, and just, and you never know where people are in the buyer's uh, journey and that buyer cycle. So you just want to like every touch point, I look at it, it's like, you ever remember when you go to arcade, they had those little quarter machines, you plug in the quarter and it drops and it like waterfalls all the way out. Like all yeah. the quarters are cantilevered over the edge and then all it takes is that one. To me, that's what marketing is. Every marketing, every touch point is dropping a quarter into that machine. And all you're doing is you're just trying to nudge it a little bit closer until all those quarters fall. And there's a, I think it's like the, the rule of seven. It was a marketing principle that was established in like the thirties. And it talks about, it takes usually like seven touch points until someone actually recognizes your brand. So you just have to be consistent in it. I mean, that is the number one issue we see with most companies when they sign up with us is after a month or two, they're like, oh, this doesn't work. We sent out one postcard or two postcards. I'm like, you have to, we call it the gap of disappointment. You have to get through that gap of disappointment. It's like SEO. You don't just like, you know, do a couple things on your website and instantly you're number one on Google. It's that consistency, yeah. consistent, consistent, consistent. The same thing here with marketing, the companies that follow through with it, that are consistent, it works. It just takes time. You got to have patience. Yeah. So we've talked about our goal is to send like some, some unique things. One being, you know, some cash potentially like, Hey, five bucks. Like, how would you like more of this in your pocket? Also, like, you know, a book that would potentially resonate with those ideal 100. What are some of the unique things that you have sent? I mean, when you're sending those types of things, are they familiar with you other than, say, the direct mailing and that kind of stuff? Or is it just like cold? Here's a book. Like, who's this coming from? Yeah, type no, I, yeah I mean, I think you got to intersperse it with, you know, other direct mail and, and postcards. I mean, we, we've done a couple of things that I think is kind of interesting and I've heard of a couple of good ideas I'll share. So the first is we actually, so Sunset Island was a community we really wanted to go after. It was high-end rentals and it was, the properties were all really nice. They were newer inventory and we wanted to really dominate that, that community. So what we did is we actually hired a photographer and he went literally door to door. He literally went and took a picture of every single home in this uh, community. And then we would actually send out marketing. It was actually you can do, and this was, gosh, this was 15 years ago, and you can definitely do it now, but it was called, it's called digital dynamic printing, where you actually would merge in the picture of their house on the postcard, or we actually would send like a, a like a 10 page, like really nice high-end pamphlet or booklet that actually had uh, their house on the cover of it. And it actually said, you know, custom rental marketing analysis for John and Mary Smith. And it actually had their property on there. It has a picture of their property. We actually had a customized rental projection, rental performa on the back that was built specifically for their, their property. So anything you can kind of make it unique for them is always going to help. We had this one uh, company I heard of down in 30A. There was this one community called Watercolor down there. And what they did is this very similar principle. They, they hired a photographer to take a picture of every single house. They actually then printed that picture on like parchment paper. And there was a, a filter in Adobe suite called Watercolor, go figure. And it made it took that picture and it looked like it was a watercolor painting. And then they put a really nice acrylic frame around it and then made it look like it was like it was a painting of their house. And then they mailed it to them with a nice little note, you know, kind of a handwritten note kind of explaining it. So let me share it real quick. So those of you that are kind of watching, you know, can see this. This is what it looks like. So they mailed this to every single homeowner in that community with a nice little handwritten note. And, you know, that ended up getting a lot of uh, a lot of homes signed up. And again, if you're going after like 
properties that are doing north of 100K. I mean, you know, give you an idea, like these homes are super profitable. I mean, the average company nets about 10% of the gross booking revenue per year in profits. So that 100, so if you guys are targeting properties doing 100K, you can pretty much assume you're gonna make about $10,000 in net profits per year from that property. So spend a couple bucks, you know, as long as you're, I'm going on a tangent here, but I think it's relevant. As long as your customer acquisition costs, your CAC is under that like first year profit margins, you are home free. So in, in this case, 10,000, if you guys are bringing on a property doing hundred K, that means you're making 10 K. As long as you can acquire that customer for first year profits, you are home free because you're going to keep that property in your rental program on average for about 10 years. So that means year two through year 10 is all profit. So yeah, so go for that. And the last one I thought that was a really cool concept, Heather Wireman, she had a company down in Southern California in La Jolla area, San Diego area. She got these bank bags. So remember like used to like, they used to have these like leather, like pouches that were like, had like a lock on the top with a zipper. Well, she got these and they got them custom with their logo on it. It was her color was like a, a bright orange color was her brand color. And she was able to get shredded cash. You can actually get from the Federal Reserve. I think you can actually get cash that's been shredded. And she filled it with this cash. And then she mailed that to like, she had like 10 properties she mailed that to. And she actually ended up getting one of those properties. And that property was doing north of $150,000. So she netted wow. uh, about 15 grand per year in that profits from there. So there's just a couple of ideas, but be creative. Don't be afraid to spend some money on those super A targets was what we call it. Yeah, absolutely. And we were looking at a, a company that had sold recently and like the amount that they paid to acquire that, you're like, well, if they paid that and it's only like one year's revenue, then we'd yep. be stupid not to be able, not to spend that same exact money to acquire that customer, right? And technically, even on the buy side, it's probably even more uh, risky because who knows if they're gonna like the new property manager and they could turn over pretty quickly. So yeah, definitely, definitely be willing to spend that first year's you know, profit to, to acquire them, which again, at, at 100,000, I mean, you can do a lot of marketing for, for 10 grand a client. Yeah. And look, I, look, I was kind of against paying referral fees to realtors in the early days, just because I was like, I'm doing you a service. You know what I mean? We're actually helping you sell these properties. They're making 20, $30,000 commissions. And you know what I mean? And I got to pay you a referral fee to top of it, you know, but the more and more I thought about it, I was like, you know what, if I'm getting the right inventory, like I will pay all day long to get that again, as long as I'm in that, you know, first year profits, around that number, you know, I'm, I know I'm home free because again, I know my churn was about 10%, which meant my lifetime in years was usually about 10 years if I had a 10% churn rate. Absolutely. Hey, so I know we're running out of time here. We'll finish up. So just if you get a chance, go check out Vacation Rental Secrets. Really appreciate the information there. I mean, it seems like you're really just kind of sifting through all kind of this similar to uh, Comparant, right? Where you're gathering a bunch of information and distilling it down to, you know, best practices, biggest mistakes, tools that people are using. Really appreciated your LinkedIn post the other day that showed like, Hey, 33 out of 33 uh, people, 23 of the best use this technology and, you know, really shortcut it because when you're getting started, you're really trying different things and you're constantly maybe changing. So just shortcut it, go right to what the best of the best are using and I think you'll save yourself some, some pain. But then also if you're looking to grow your inventory, a good place to start is the book Zero to 500. 
um, really enjoyed that. Was just going through it again yesterday, and you know, seeing all the markups on it, lots of highlights and stuff. And then, you know, if, if you're maybe a little further along the journey, definitely check out Ventory and see if they can help you grow your your property management business. And if you do have a property management business, make sure you get on Comparant. Probably good to be an early adopter on that one, I would suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I think if you're going to launch a company or if you're in the early days, or even if you're a pro, I mean, Vacation Journal Secrets, I mean, it's it's amazing. And again, this has been crowdsourced, you know, 52 of the top leaders in this space, they're sharing their mistakes. And I think there's two things that are really cool with that. First, there's something about being vul- people being vulnerable with sharing their mistakes. But secondly, like that's really where you learn. You learn from your mistakes. And if you think about it, I mean, the, the, the mistakes have been shared here, 520 different mistakes from the best leaders of the most successful companies. Like this is, I mean, you could teach an entire class. You could get like an MBA in short-term rentals just by reading this book. And again, I don't make a dime off this. All proceeds go to short-term advocacy efforts. It's So yeah, so it's please go out there and buy it, leave a review. So it's it's not my mom and her four friends that have left reviews on the website, you know. Yeah, they're, they're good books. You won't uh, regret it. Gotta gotta mention before I jump we jump off. Speaking of good books, I just read David Goggins' book "Can't Hurt Me" recently, and man, the Iron Man. You you did the Iron Man? I did. Yeah. So first off, David Goggins is a, a whole other level. He that guy is a beast, man. I mean, the things he did, the ultra marathons and things like that. But yeah, I did. It's been a, a just about a decade ago. I did. I did uh, Iron Man Florida. So in Florida. No, I look at him, my 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 dad bod right now, but. Yeah, what was the what was the hardest part for you getting ready for that and doing that? You know what? That's a great question. To me, man, I, I actually I've got a post ready to go, you know, that I wanted to post, but I never got a chance to about just the the learning lessons of of Iron Man and what it taught me and things like that. But it's a lot of it just comes it's the preparation. If you do the training, if you follow, you know, as long as you don't get injured, if you follow the training, you follow the the roadmap, like you can accomplish it. Like anybody can do it. I mean, so you know, in the early days, like I was really struggled with swimming. Like I really didn't know how to swim. So it was kind of ironic that I'm going to swim 2.4 miles in the ocean, you know, and I don't know how to swim, but uh, yeah, just, it's, I think just getting the reps in and getting the time. And, you know, I think I'm rambling, but I think actually the hardest thing was actually making the mental decision to do it. Once I made that mental decision that I was going to do it, it was a done deal. Like it was a done deal in my head and I just needed to make that commitment to do the training. And I feel like that's with almost any goal that you do. It's like once you truly commit to it and you commit that I'm doing this, like it's it's done. And that's the way I kind of felt. So I think that would probably be the, the hardest thing was just convincing my wife that I, 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 I should do something like this and then be making the mental decision to do it. That's great advice. I love that. And I think that just from the standpoint of pushing yourself I mean, people look at the physical, the physical push on that, but it's bigger mental than it is physical. And I think that translates so well, if you can develop that discipline into business and life in general. And yeah, we, we may not compare you to David Goggins, but man, Tony and I do, we try to do a bunch of different challenges every year and they, we keep getting, having to up the ante on them. But then I read Iron Man and I think, man, I don't, I don't know if that's a challenge that I'm ready to bite off. You can do man, it. You can do it, man. I'm telling you. You can do it and just, I'm a big believer in Kaizen. So small incremental improvements. So like, it sounds really daunting to do, you know, 140.6 miles, you know, but start with this, you know, start with a 5k, start with a little sprint triathlon, you know, something like that, like baby steps. 
and then just, you know, like go from there. You know, that's kind of the thesis behind Kaizen. Just start really little tiny uh, incremental improvements. We did a hundred mile bike ride earlier this year. And by the end of that, I can only imagine adding another 26 miles of running and two and a half miles of swimming. So yeah, we're, we're constantly looking to, to up the ante. I don't know if we'll start at an Ironman, maybe more of just a normal triathlon type of, type of thing, but starting somewhere. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, we appreciate you taking the time to come on and share your, your experience with us. And again, just a, a wealth of knowledge in the industry. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah. So you can either follow me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty, pretty active on LinkedIn. Again, Brooke Fouts, or you can just go to Venturi.com or Comparant.com and, you know, look at us, see us there. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we get all those in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, head to the show notes and you can connect with them from those places. So thanks again. Yeah. Thanks guys. Take care. Thanks for checking out today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you get a chance, please go over to your podcast player of choice. Leave us a review. We appreciate those that have already taken the time to do so. It just helps us get discovered by more people in that platform. And if you're not on the email list yet, go over to michigan-shorttermrentals.com. Get on the email list. You're going to see it right there on the homepage. And you're going to get four very valuable emails. One's going to be a list of 650 zip codes where we've already analyzed a address and have projected revenue for that address. So you can kind of filter those and see which one has the best projections out of those 650 zip codes. And then you're going to get a furnishing calculator. So you'll get a number or how much does it cost to furnish a four bed, two bath with a hot tub and a ping pong table. And you can use that to really project out your return on investment there. And then also a property grading tool. So you're going to be able to plug in some information like yard size, number of neighbors, amenities, the cost of the property and the projected revenue. And it's going to kick you out a letter grade. So our properties are letter grade B. So if it's B or an A, it could be a good property to pick up. If it's less than that, you might really want to think about, is it going to be a good property? And make sure you connect with Jordan Painter and Tony Stancato on LinkedIn. Send us a connection request there, and we'll make sure we accept it. And we'll talk to you later.